Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. So over 4th of July weekend, especially when there's legal or illegal fireworks, doesn't matter. All it takes is one person. So rule number one is to, I always keep my garage door closed. I don't know how many times an errant firework has gone in a garage door, lands up in a box, and guess what? You got a fire going. So just keep the garage door closed. Use it. Close it. Don't let that, let that thing lingering while you're doing the yard work and stuff. Just keep it closed. It's just a good rule for that. Second of all, make sure your gutters are 100% cleaned out because those are little tinder boxes. If it hasn't rained for a couple weeks, you have leaves, debris, any of that stuff up there. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by Root Quencher. If you have trees, bushes, shrubs, and everything out there that you are trying to keep watered and you're wasting a bunch of water, Root Quencher puts that water right down at the roots. So head to rootquencher.com, and if you head over and are a podcast listener, don't forget there is a discount code in the ad. Well, today I wanted to talk about kind of our 4th of July weekend. We got so much stuff going on, and there's so many things out there that people are experiencing a little bit differently. You know, out here in the West Coast where I'm located, we have had a ton of things happening where, you know, it's interesting. You know, we have had over the last number of years, wildfire smoke has been a, a big topic. And I remember as a kid having wildfire smoke and things like that. So it's not something that's really new, but it's something that seems to have gotten a little bit worse over the years. Well, now there are places, other places in the country that are dealing with it from Canada. You know, now in the Midwest and East Coast is going to get it again here. And it's one of those things that I wanted to give my tips and tricks here real quick of how to keep all of that smoke out of your house as best you can. So let's dive into that for just a minute here, because these are things that I think that you can help with. And if you have an older house, it's going to be a little bit harder because older houses breathe a lot better where newer houses are, are much more wrapped up and with house wrap and things are sealed up so that you get a little bit less outside air coming in. But if you've got an older house, there's a couple of things that I would recommend. First, if it's smoky outside, don't keep any of the windows and doors open. You know, do your best to keep things sealed up. Two, I would not use your vent fans except for your kitchen hood as much as you have to. A little bit of humidity isn't going to hurt you on a short term. So I would run the bath fan a little bit less. I would do that. If you do have an energy recovery ventilator that is coming from the outside and, and swapping air out, Unless it's a smart one that is reading the outside air, that's probably not going to help you much. So I would probably temporarily shut that down until the smoke is done from outside. And then as long as you can, don't use things like your clothes dryer. Because if you think about it, a clothes dryer has a couple hundred CFM of air that is pushing outside. 
that air has to come from someplace. So that's going to take it around unless you've got makeup air, which is another issue. If you've got air coming in around all those doors and windows, you're now bringing in unconditioned dirty air inside the house. So that's one that you kind of go, okay, so the, the you know, might hold off on the laundry for a couple of days if you can. And that way you've got, you know, cleaner air inside the house. And then third, if you've got central heat and air, I would turn your fan on low and just let it run. Let it move the air around the house because now you're going to be filtering that air. And make sure you put a clean filter in. I always have one extra clean filter because what happens is, is that that smoky air, if you have a good MERV filter, and MERV is the filter rating out there. So you could have a MERV 5, a MERV 13. Make sure you're using the right filter for your unit. But by using a clean filter in there, you you will grab all that dirty stuff out of the air if you've got a decent filter. If you've got one of the 99-cent, one-inch filters, guess what? You're not doing anything. So put a good anti-allergen filter in there. But here's the thing. Those filters are going to get plugged up really quickly. I have had it where one of those filters, it's going to last for four months, last for about three weeks because all the stuff coming in. So you really want to make sure that you've got that dialed in and that you're good to go. And then second of all, what I, another thing I would look at is, you know, during COVID, we had so many air purifiers around. You would see them in children's classrooms, offices, schools, people's living rooms. I would put that in the places that you're mainly staying. So if you have a living room and a bedroom, those are great places to put those in. And if you don't have one, I would pick one up. Get something good. Don't get the the off-brand from Amazon, but get a good air purifier. You know, companies like LG and others are making them. But that is what I would do and keep those in there. Now, if you've got a, a door that is needing repair and it's leaking, you know, putting some damp towels down to keep that from, you know, air from coming in is not a bad idea if it's really bad outside, but keep in mind a damp towel on a hardwood floor can do damage. So make sure you're putting it on the right floor. But really my goal is to not have you bringing in nasty air from outside inside the house. So just think of that. So be careful coming in, take your shoes off when you come in from the house Uh, change your clothes because they're going to be all contaminated as well. Anytime you can cut down that particulate matter coming in is going to be healthier for you and your home. And then, you know, guys, I hate to say it. Maybe it's dust mask time. And I know we all hate masks. They're not fun to wear. But if you have a N99 mask out there or one of the carbon ones, those are the ones to wear. A cloth mask will do zero for you in a wildfire situation with wildfire smoke. It's not going to do much. All the particles are going to go right through that cloth. It's not meant for that. So cloth masks, forget about it. You're wasting your time. But if you've got an N99, not a 95, but an N99 mask or one of the nice carbon charcoal ones that will do, that will work well. That will keep that out of your lungs and do a little bit better job of that. So it's a catch-22 on trying to keep things clean and really trying to keep that, you know, that that uh, smoke out of your house, but a little common sense goes a long way, especially when you're running your vent fans and stuff like that. So, and when you, when you see the air get better out there, you know, I always say, make sure that you're doing stuff like watering your lawn, any of the dust that comes around with that, 
is also something that particulate matter is going to settle out. So the more you can do for keeping your lawn watered and things like that that you would normally do, the better off you are. Hose off that back patio out there and then just stay inside. You know, do your best to stay into a healthy environment and go to if you're going to go out and go places, go places that have good HVAC systems or things like that. So you're going to have better filtered air. And of course, if you've got any health conditions, things like that, asthma, just be very, very careful, guys, that you're not doing something that's going to put you in a bad situation. Well, coming up here next, we're going to talk about some of my favorite things to do on the 4th of July and uh, some outdoor kitchen slash barbecue tricks that I have. And there's some really good ones out there. Like, for instance, right now, if you're going to have people come over, a little light clean on the barbecue, getting it good, but it's just like your oven. Don't go for the full deep clean because you still want to have that on that grill. That grease is going to add a little bit of flavor to it. You don't want everything tasting like chemicals. So make sure that when you dive into that, that you're going to be good and set because I tell you what, you don't want to have the, the flame up grill fire from that or your or your pellet grill not working correctly. So you need to find that balance of a good working grill. If it's a charcoal one, clean out all your ashes and uh, get things ready to go. Put in a few new parts in it if you need to. You know, if you've got a Weber, you can go down to your local home improvement store. They've got those on the shelf. I got to go down and get a bottom grade for mine because it's starting to get a little thin. One of these days, it's going to fail. But really, it is grill tune-up season because if you've been using it like I do, which is all year round, about July is when it starts coming apart. And now that we're on the 1st of July weekend here, it is time to get that thing dialed in. And so that's going to be one of my favorite things here. And then I'm going to talk about fire prevention as well coming up here in another one, because I want to make sure that, uh, you know, the kids playing with fireworks, whether they're legal or not, can cause a fire in the neighborhood. And we don't want to see that. That's all coming up on Around the House. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education happy fourth of july weekend everybody fourth of july on tuesday this week kind of leads for a different kind of weekend but that's okay i know some of you out there are milking the four-day weekend and congrats to you out there having a good time and enjoying yourself on a much deserved break well if you want to find out more about around the house show head to around the house online.com. That is our website. You can find out more about the radio show, the podcast, and the TV show. We've got our videos up there. And if you take just a second when you go over to Around the House Online, you can find all of our home improvement videos on the front page there. You'll see some of them, but it's very easy to click on that and then go over to the uh, Fox 12 page that that is posted from, and you'll see our playlist of, uh, geez, getting close to 100 videos up on on YouTube of great content for you out there from everything from building a covered patio to uh, building that fence that we talked about here a few weeks ago. We've got so much coming up that you are not going to want to miss. Well, I wanted to talk about preventing fires around your house because I tell you what, there are so many times that I see uh, 
especially when it's dry outside. Fourth of July weekend, somebody's out there playing around with the Roman candle, and all of a sudden, somebody's house is burned to the ground. So it's something that can be easily preventable. So let's walk around, and I'll tell you some of my tips and tricks. And this works also against other small fires, things like that. If you've got a wildfire coming, these are all the same rules. So over 4th of July weekend, especially when there's legal or illegal fireworks, doesn't matter. All it takes is one person. So rule number one is to, I always keep my garage door closed. I don't know how many times an errant firework has gone in a garage door, lands up in a box, and guess what? You got a fire going. So just keep the garage door closed. Use it. Close it. Don't let that, let that thing lingering while you're doing the yard work and stuff. Just keep it closed. It's just a good rule for that. Second of all, make sure your gutters are 100% cleaned out because those are little tinder boxes. If it hasn't rained for a couple weeks, you have leaves, debris, any of that stuff up there. And all it takes is a firework to bounce off the roof, get down in there. And that's where a lot of those fires start from fireworks is just all it takes is one gutter to take off and it's at the edge of the roof. And that's the edge of that tar. And guess what? Roof's on fire. So keeping that clean is a really good idea. Second of all, keep your bark and bark dust and landscaping well watered over the weekend. You know, it's pretty hard to get wet bark dust on fire from a firework, but uh, dry stuff can take off pretty quickly. So just make sure that you've got that kind of dialed in. And then really make sure that you've got all the brush, bushes, everything trimmed away from the house. Here's my rule. If there's a bush tree, shrub, touching the house, cut it back. It needs trimming. You don't want anything touching the house. One, it's bad for the finish, bad for the house. That is a super highway for bugs and and things to get into your house, spiders. So might as well just keep everything off the house. But two, having a little bit of protective area right there is smart. So keep that stuff away from the house. You know, ideally you can walk between that bush and the house as you're walking around. And so make sure that uh, you've got some space there and it'll keep it easier to uh, monitor things as well. And then really make sure that you've got any other debris piles picked up. You know, if you've got a stack of firewood, I don't want to see it stacked up against the house, maybe up against a shed, something like that. And then making sure that all of your vents are clean on the roof and make sure you don't have any other junk and debris in there as well. Uh, those are other things that I just want to make sure that are clean and working. And then I'm sorry, but keep the lawn watered. If you've got that white lawn, because, you know, it's funny here in the Pacific Northwest, and I don't know if it's in your area where you're listening to us from, but it's interesting. We have people that care for their lawns and the others that don't, because in our dry season, many people just let their lawn go white and it's white all year round up until rainy season, and then it's green through the whole winter time. And then when it comes back, people don't water it, and it's just white again. The problem is, is those can be a huge fire hazard, massive fire hazard. So make sure that you've got that, that lawn wet, you've got it green, you've got it so it's uh, not flammable out there. And here's another thing I want to talk about too. You know, having that dry lawn can actually cause foundation damage to your house. Here's why. Now, if you have clay soil, think about this. You know, when you see a lake bed that's clay and you'll see the cracks in the ground, 
That is like a big sponge, right? So what happens when a sponge dries up? It shrinks up. It gets small. You put water on it, it goes right back up again. Well, that's cycling your home because your home is built on clay then. So your house is going to move a little bit each time. So I have had engineers, structural engineers, tell homeowners, your house is built on clay soil. You need to make sure to keep that at a consistent dampness around the perimeter. So make sure if you do have clay soil, that you're always keeping that soil around your perimeter of your house nice and damp. Your house will move less. You'll have less creaky doors. You'll have less cracks in the drywall. And you're not going to cycle and create a crack in a foundation or create that to get larger. It's funny. A fresh crack in a foundation like that has a sharp edge. One that has moved around a lot doesn't. It's got more of rounded edges. You can kind of see what's going on there. So just be very careful, guys, on that stuff. And really make sure that you've got all the leaves, debris, everything picked up around. And that's going to be a safer house. You know, I've seen so many of the, you know, arbovitas and um, even juniper bushes that are right up against the house catch on fire and it's game over. Even a garden hose isn't going to put it out. So just make sure you take the time. And uh, if you're playing with fireworks out there, be super careful. You know, I'm the king of playing with those fireworks years ago. We used to play with a lot of them and we had some serious damage that happened to houses. You know, we had some people almost get hurt before. So these are things that I just want everybody to be careful with. And then my last little safety tip here for the day of 4th of July stuff is if you're out there going to be roasting the turkey or doing anything like that or taking the chicken and throwing it in the, in the uh, fryer outside, just make sure you're not doing it on a flammable surface. Do it on the driveway where you're doing concrete. That way, if you do boil it over, you don't cut, catch the deck on fire. And just make sure that you've got a good, solid place that you're doing that because there are so many house fires this time of year. And a lot of it's just easily, easily preventable. And if we can stop people from losing homes on the 4th of July, that's for a great, better weekend. So uh, get that flag out in the front of the house. Enjoy the time with family. This is one of those times that uh, everybody should enjoy these freedoms that we have here in the United States and enjoy and respect each other's way to have out a great time out there. And everybody get along. Be a good neighbor. Invite your neighbor over. If you don't know who your neighbor is, head over there. Wish them happy 4th of July. Maybe meet somebody new in your neighborhood, you know, create more of a community. That will make for a very enjoyable 4th of July weekend. Around the house, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. A lot more coming your way. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. 
Well, today I want to be talking about here in this third segment of the hour, I wanted to be talking about something that I'm seeing out there that I'm just shaking my head at how people are trying to make changes, whether it's for the good of the environment or not, but they're just picking the wrong battles. You know, we have seen, uh, we've got the Electrification America guys coming on later in the show today, which is great. And they're not pushing on this very hard, the, the gas range ban, but come on, people. We have got to do a better job if you are going to get things more electrified. And this is not to our next guest, but just to the people out there that are trying to make this argument of of a greener earth. And I'm okay with that. But going out and saying that you're going to ban a gas range because of the harmful gas to your house? No, 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 no. This is where these straw arguments just get lost to me. And I get that I can cook better with electric induction. It's not a debate. I have more control, more heat, more everything that I can do with that over gas. It's simple. I've used it. It works really well. But trying to pry that gas range out of somebody's hands and enjoys it is a a pretty bad idea when it is such a minor part of the game out there. And this same ridiculousness has gone to New York City. New York City rules crack down on coal and wood-fired pizzerias. They have to cut their carbon emissions up to 75%. I mean, this is insane. So the New York City Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules that would order pizzerias using the decades-old baking method to slice carbon emissions by up to 75%. I like the slice in there, by the way. You know, it is crazy. So pizzerias with ovens installed prior to 2016 are going to have to buy these pricey $20,000 air filtration system for their pizza ovens. And it's crazy. I mean, I get, but think about how, I mean, I get that they're trying to make the air cleaner. Don't get me wrong, but there are such bigger pieces to be going out of the pizza pie here, if you know what I mean, than just going after pizza owners. I mean, these guys are selling, you know, a few bucks a slice, 20,000 bucks to them is a huge amount of money. And to go into places like, uh, you know, Little Italy and those kind of things and say, hey, we're going to have to, you know, you hundred restaurants are going to have to spend 20,000 bucks. It's pretty ridiculous. I'm sorry. You know, and you're seeing that. I saw it in Tacoma where they were going after a coffee roaster that had to do the same thing because of the particulate matter. And going after these little ones like this, I mean, I get it. If you're building a new pizzeria and you're going to have to put in a new one with that, cool. I understand it. But going after these existing places that have been cruising along and doing business that way, there's no sense going after pizza restaurants like that. I'm sorry. I think it's just, it's just ridiculous, you know? And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I said, actually, one of the things that I read and I saw on this, which was kind of interesting, you know, you've got people like Al Gore out there and we don't get into politics, but it's going to take these pizza shops hundreds of years to equal one 
celebrity jumping on their private jet running to Europe for an energy conference. So let's let's add some realistic expectations to this. But uh, hopefully, um, this is gonna this is gonna cooler heads will prevail on this. But I mean, absolutely insane. This is going to be one of those things that I think that the public is going to fight for because we all need to have our wood-fired pizzas and to sit there and to be uh, shutting down pizzerias that have been around since the 40s or even like if you go into like Lombardi's, for instance, in New York and Brooklyn, open in 1905. You just don't need to be messing with these guys. So leave their pizzas alone, please. But we're seeing that now. We're starting to see that out there where, you know, and this is a concern of mine on this freedom-filled 4th of July, going after the pizzas, going after the barbecues, going after the gas ranges. You know, um, I think we need to have some balance to this. You know, I, I have no problem with going to a heat pump to save energy and to have cheaper electricity bills. And not have gas. I, I'd switch from a gas, from a very nice gas water heater, going to a, an electric one. Because it made sense to me. It saved me a ton of money and I had more water. So I'm cool with that. But don't start doing this stuff where uh, you're making the villain out of somebody that's trying to light up their barbecue. Or trying to cook their own pizza. Or have their own business doing that. So there's my rant of the day is come on, guys, let's use some common sense here. If you're going to go out and and try to save energy and be better for the planet, I get it. Let's help people that have oil-burning furnaces and stuff like that. Let's help these guys get up into a more efficient system where that's going to save them money and help out. But this little stuff of going after the, uh, the pizzas, the barbecues, the gas ovens, I think this is a battle you're going to lose. And I think the public's going to say enough and that's going to send this the wrong direction and you're going to lose ground, not gain it. So there's my advice to the people that are waving that flag around out there. Little common sense and uh, stay away from the sacred cows out there. And I think you'll have a lot of people participating because I think there's a lot of great things out there that can happen when you talk about this kind of thing. So let's, uh, let's fix all these people that have, you know, really inefficient stuff. Let's get them going. Let's let's help people have better, cleaner, healthier homes. And that's going to be a key right there. So another one that I saw today, too, that uh, that came up on my news feed, which was interesting. And that was Mick Mars of Molly Crew. And let me find that because it was it was interesting. This news story was came out, you know, Mick Mars, formerly the guitar player of Motley Crue. And I thought this was an interesting story from people.com. And he said that he was, again, we got to take this with a grain of salt because these guys partied very hard back in the day. But Mick Mars had deadly mold spreading through his Malibu home in the early 2000s. And he was having hallucinations due to the combination of substance abuse and mold exposure. And so when the band was not playing, he was living in Malibu and didn't realize he was in a mold infested home. So, I mean, he did not understand they had 
a serious mold issue in his house. So he used to, I mean, get this. This is pretty wild. He used to see giant reptile aliens at the end of his bed. And at night, cat people used to come in and he figured out he was hallucinating. But I mean, he ended up moving out, uh, out of the mold infested home and ended up getting healthier. So that's good. But, uh, man, that is bad. And so that's one of those things he, you know, you got to watch out for your house. Uh, especially if you've had a long history of rock and roll like that and abuse to your body. And I'm a, I'm a McMars fan, but, uh, be careful out there with, uh, with that mold in your house, because I tell you what, that's a real danger much more so than the, uh, the gas range is. And for anybody out there wondering what I'm talking about with the gas range, uh, just turn your vent fan on when you're using it, you're going to be fine. And if you have a gas leak or you smoke gas in your house, just call your gas company. They'll come out and test it and see if you need to have that range replaced. Around the house, we'll be right back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education hey make sure that if you're uh, trying to figure out who we are at around the house if you want to find out more about us head over to aroundthehouseonline.com or just find us on social media you'll find uh, everything about the radio show podcast television show all of it out there just look for around the house show and uh, there are some imposters out there but guess what we are the original around the house here and uh, this is our 35th year on the radio. So pretty impressive. Uh, we've got a long history here of that. And of course we have, uh, gotten into podcasting. We have over a thousand episodes up on the podcast. And if you want to, we'll have a couple hundred up for everyone to take a look at, but if you want to take a look at the other 800 episodes, be a member of around the house, um, our, basically it is our premium membership that we have. It's very inexpensive. And uh, the Around the House Insider. And if you head over to our our website, you can find it there. And that is over at aroundthehouseonline.com. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about some favorite things that I've been finding out there for you, the homeowner, or even the contractor out there. I have found some really cool things that are making it easier for you to plan that fence or deck or anything else. Now, if you heard me uh, talk about it here recently, I just did a wonderful fence project for my TV show with Durabond metal fencing. And I tell you what, I love this stuff. I'm a huge fan. No, they're not paying me to say this. I just like it. It's beautiful, durable. And when I can put a fence up and get maybe 30, 40, 50 years out of it, and all I have to do is rinse it down a couple times a year, I'm sold. Because I tell you what, I'm tired of having to do fence repairs on cedar and all that other stuff and uh, cost effective and it goes up quickly. So impressive. But if you're planning that wood fence or maybe that deck, head over to Simpson Strong Tie. You know, those are the guys that um, that make those fence brackets or building brackets or any of the metal brackets you use for construction. 
So go to strongtide.com. They have a fence planner and a deck planner. And I tell you what, they have figured out how to use this and make it really nice. So if you're, it will give you your, your, your pieces, your brackets, the wood, the whole thing. And so they did, they've had the deck planner software out. Now they've got the fence planner software out. It's free and you can do the takeoffs off of it. And, uh, I tell you what, if you're a contractor or if you're a homeowner, either way, what not an easier way to go through literally you're going to put in all your dimensions, all the stuff, and it's going to kick out a list for you. Uh, that is an impressive one that I just absolutely fell in love with and it's super easy to use. And, uh, the fence planner software, you'll have to sign up, uh, we get on their email list when you sign up, that's okay. But, uh, they go through and, um, what's cool is that they have partnerships available too, where you could actually send it over to someplace and place an order. So, uh, it's really cool. So just remember that, uh, when you open up that on your computer, you're going to have to either have Google Chrome, Firefox, Microsoft edge, or Apple Safari. And uh, the software will not run on mobile browsers or devices. So you need to have a laptop desktop because it does take some, some, um, you know, some power to do it. But uh, I tell you what, using that flint, that fence planner and the deck planner, super easy. You can put all your dimensions in and it's going to spit out stuff for you. I thought that was super handy as far as taking on a project and having all the stuff without having to go spend money on it. So I like that. And uh, Simpson Strong Tie, of course, is just such a solid brand of stuff that uh, is really cool. And I wanted to sit here for a minute and uh, talk about some summer projects I'm going to have coming up, which means you're going to have a little sneak peek here of what's coming up on the on the TV show coming up. So uh, we're getting ready to film a, a sprinkler segment that will air uh, next weekend in the show on uh, doing some underground sprinkler systems. We have a uh, garage door segment coming up that's going to be spectacular. We're uh, putting in a new garage door as well as this new Chamberlain shaft drive garage door. So opener. So what this does is instead of mounting up in the middle of your garage, this mounts up to the side and grabs a hold of the shaft that where the springs are. And so it's really compact. It goes over there. And then they have a new video door bell kind of opener. So it's like a ring doorbell for your garage door. So you can go in there and open the door uh, that way. And it's got a camera that goes across the front of your garage as well. I think that's super cool. That's another one. I've got a, a, a new front door we'll be putting in uh, a black walnut center pivot door from Simpson Doors. These guys are killer. We've got that. And then we're going to be playing around with some uh, Fiberon cladding. So uh, we're going to be putting on some of the, the Fiberon products like it's a, uh, like it's a, uh, instead of going on a deck, it's going to be going on the front of the house. That's a good one as well. So we've got a lot of different things happening here that you don't want to miss coming up on the television show. And uh, some of these products as well, I'll have on here. Um, any, I mean, I've got a 1977 wood garage door that has lived a good life. And uh, it's really doing a curb appeal type episode right now where we're going to be really diving into that curb appeal stuff. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be some fun projects as well as putting in a new um, 
a new drainage system out front because uh, I don't know about you, but I've got this big slope that comes down to my garage door. And uh, if we get heavy rains, like we've been getting from time to time, it's a big problem. I get things kind of backed up where water can come up to the garage door. And uh, I don't want to see that ever happen again. So we're going to make sure and get that taken care of. So that way the water gets out of here and I don't have to worry about flooding out my house anymore. So that's all coming up on the Round the House show. We've got some great segments coming up too as well. Uh, we've got uh, Pacific Crest Custom Cabinets that will be airing this weekend. Uh, we're going and visiting a a cabinet shop that is really cool. They're mostly computer run. So they've got uh, automated finishing systems and uh, and uh, CNC machines. We'll be going through that. And we've got a lot more of that. We'll be doing a, uh, a uh, certainty roofing. We're going to watch how three-tab roofing and uh, architectural roofings made. So we've got a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. And if you want to catch any of that stuff, we do have the videos over and around the house online.com. And you can see it, uh, our Made in Northwest series that I'm doing. We've got a lot of great stuff over there from uh, Bob's Red Mill, you know, making flour to uh, Pendleton Woolen Mills, making uh, clothing or uh, weaving fabrics basically made out of wool. So a lot of great stuff coming and a lot of great stuff coming around the corner with that as well. So stay tuned for the Around the House show. And you can stream that over at kptv.com on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. They will be playing that every single Saturday over there. All right. One more thing before we finish up our number one of the show today. Wanted to give a friendly reminder to all of you out there, the rules of the American flag when you're hanging it. If you've got that on the post or out on your flagpole all weekend long, that is awesome. Remember, that at can't ever be touching the ground. It needs to be lit all night long. So if you've got a light on it, you know, flag doesn't go up in the dark. You should have a light on it. And make sure it's in good condition, guys. Make sure that it's clean. It's looking good. It's not tattered. And uh, make sure it's made in USA while you're at it. You know, I mean, there are so many companies now that are making them in the USA. Make sure you've got that versus the... Uh, you know, target special that maybe he's not make sure that it is made in the United States of America. At least you want to be giving those guys your business, but really just be respectful of it. Put it up, enjoy it. It's the 4th of July. If there's one day a year that I think we should be, uh, we should be fly flying that flag is this weekend, but make sure that it's held upright. It's in good shape. You know, if it's pouring rain out there, you could take it down, but, uh, up to you. As long as it's lit and it's looking good and it's not touching the ground, let's run with those to begin with. And uh, if you're going to fold it up coming down off the pole and you're, you're you know, not going to have it up the whole time, no worries. Maybe it's a good time to learn how to do that. I learned that when I was a little kid in the Boy Scouts, how to, how to fold a flag, but it's a good time to uh, learn if not. And parents out there, if you've got kids, show them how to do that. It's a good little trick to do on the 4th of July. Uh, show them how to fold a flag correctly, how to put it together, how to get it in that nice triangle shape, get it nice and tight and looking good. If, you, if you're if uh, you you know representing the military out there, if you have uh, been in service like that, that's another great thing to show the kids out there to understand what's going on. All right, everybody. Well, looking forward to hour number two. We're going to talk about saving you some money on your power bills and uh, really trying to help you guys out with uh, some new things that can save you money. 14000 bucks 
you could be getting back to put in a new heating and cooling system, this is one you don't want to miss because that's some serious money. And if you can get a brand new heating and cooling system and get most of the price covered, then you're going to be better off than many of us because I had to pay full price. You know, when, when I did mine, there weren't any good rebates for mine. I had to pay what the cost was. So let's see if we can save you some money in the next hour of Around the House coming up next. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.